The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's the Rasball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Beat On, joined by that man across from me. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're just listening, it is the Fantasy Master Lothario himself, Gray Albright. How you doing, Gray? Thanks for having me on, Beat On. Yeah, you know, it's your podcast, really. I'm. Uh, thanks for having me on. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Hopefully you are too. <laughs> I heard I was listening to a a professional podcast this weekend, and they uh, and they started by saying thanks for having me on. So I thought, <laughs> thought it would sound. I thought, nice. that, I thought that I thought that would sound really professional until I said it, and then I realized that yeah, I guess you should be thanking me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that no, that sounds awful. No, we thank each other. We are equally gratitude, gratitude. <laughs> Bruce Star gratiful. Let's be honest, Gray. We're not really grat, you know, gratiful for not, either of us. It's really, really just the people gratiful. listening to our nonsense that we're we're grateful, maybe for. I'm, I'm, uh, so, I'm, so, uh, I'm so I'm like um, that uh, Fonzie uh, in Happy Days. This reference might be before your time, but he could never say sorry, so he'd be. Like, He'd be like, he he wouldn't be able to say sorry. So that's how I am with the word grateful. (laughs) I'm so so not grateful. I can't say the word. uh, Anyway, so the Dodgers saves this year. I think they could go to grateful. (laughs) Okay. 
anyway, let's go. This podcast is already going to be long. Yeah, this is going to be a long one. We're doing the, the rest of the top 100 outfielders here. So starting at 52, I mean, let's just high-level, Gray. We're starting at 52 among outfielders. And in a five-outfielder league, how many outfielders are you okay with from this group we're about to talk about? Let's start with the 12-team league. Um... Well, I actually, I just got back from Florida, and boy, are my arms tired. Now, um, so I was in the uh, labor draft, which is a 12-team mixed league, and these guys were basically your last outfielder, the uh, the first group, <laughs> this first tier of guys that we're going to talk about. These were like, and I mean, a few guys sprinkled in that if someone liked uh, a guy like, you know, someone who isn't in this tier maybe was drafted, but only for, like, a couple dollars. And and that's 12-team mixed league. So we're starting from a place where these guys are already, like, 15-team mixed league or deeper, um, where they're really interesting. In a 12-team mixed league, as you'll hear, a lot of these guys, it's like, well, it's your fifth outfielder, but waivers are pretty plentiful, so... You shouldn't be too grateful if you draft one of these guys, huh? <laughs> I'm using I'm using our new I'm using the word of the day. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's go ahead and get into it, and we'll talk about out like as we go through it. Who some of them are, like the playing time guys, who are the upside guys, who are some of the prospects that we want to see if they'll get a job. We'll try and kind of you know point those out because depending on the league you're in, you may have a different use for some of them. But yeah, let's go ahead and start with number 52, which is Ramon Laureano. Last year in 94 games, he had 13 home runs, 11 stolen bases. He had 49-34 and hit 211. You have him projected for 14 home runs, 15 stolen bases, 56, 59, and 231 and 477 at-bats. I mean, he's going in the wrong direction. He had the, the PED pop, and then, I mean, he's kind of going... I don't know if this name is... Uh, maybe it's too minor, but he's going like Drew Stubbs on us. Like, we thought there was promise... And it's just dwindling in front of us. Yeah, you you pulled that name out of your butt. <laughs> <laughs> I think I spent too much time in Cincinnati, Gray. I just that's who I remember now is just the fa- all the failed Cincinnati guys. <laughs> all your 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 entire your 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 entire life in Cincinnati is just one big blend of like Drew Stubbs with. Chili and spaghetti? What? I, don't I uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't mind R- Ramon Liriano. Uh, you know, for reference uh, sake, in uh, my 12 team mixed league auction, he went for $4. So, I mean, that's as a fifth outfielder. So, that's sort of where we are with Ramon Liriano um, for uh, auction and for uh, mixed league uh, snake drafts. Yeah, I mean, I could see drafting Luriano if you're hurting for steals. But I do worry that, like, you know, because there's always that concern because of the suspension that he had. It's like, well, was he ever really a, you know, a 20 homer guy? Like, probably not, because it was like 2019 when they were using the bouncy ball. And then there's also the Peds uh, suspension. Um, the the Peds the Peds Outlaw. <laughs> That's a, a documentary on Netflix about Loriano. But no, I uh, I think Loriano's fine if you want to take a flyer for speed because you know with the limited engagements 
um, <laughs> which uh, which sounds like a uh, a limited release on a movie, limited engagements. That's really, I mean, not very easy to say. Uh, anyway, the limited pickoff moves. Uh, Loriano could potentially be interesting for steals, but otherwise, eh, A's. The park's terrible. The lineup's going to be terrible. The power doesn't seem great. And he's not really a huge average guy. And his Ks went up last year. So, yeah, if you want to take a flyer on speed, sure. But, uh, you know, Loriano is kind of like a Sagnoff play at this point. Yeah, really, really Really? getting the uh, the fun right off the bat, Gray. Really bringing the energy with that <laughs> Loriano yeah. speech what there. Are doing, uh, what are we doing? The second base podcast again? Yeah, this is this is gonna be All fun, right, guys. So moving Buckling. on to the next one is fifty three, which is Lane Thomas. Last year he had seventeen home runs, eight stolen bases, sixty two fifty two, and hit two forty one. You have him projected for nineteen home runs, ten stolen bases, seventy seven forty nine, and two thirty seven. Uh, I mean, he couldn't lead off versus lefties, so there is at least like some runs potential here. Uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah. Even though you you did it like the the their voice went up like yeah. the Valley Girl. So <laughs> it's not not necessarily the most. I'm Ron Burgundy. Of, <laughs> not the most confident of sentences, but yeah, no. I mean, he could lead off, and uh, I had a, a sleeper post for Lane Thomas last year. Um, which was obviously not great, <laughs> but I mean, that does show you that at one point I did like Lane Thomas. Uh, I just didn't, I don't think I, I truly realized how terrible his, uh, contact is like his contact's pretty bad. So for him to have like last year in 146 games, 17 homers, it's a kind of about what you should expect. So he doesn't have huge power. He doesn't really have speed even though he is kind of a leadoff guy. He does – he has walked in the past, so that's why he could lead off too because his uh, his walk rate was decent prior to last year. So maybe if he gets some of that plate discipline back, um, he he's oddly – because his contact is so bad, he's oddly like a 300 Babbitt 240 hitter. So, you know, not great, but if you're in a deep league – I could see it, and also, and once again, let's see if he even got drafted. And uh, no, see, he didn't even go in my twelve-team mixed league uh, auction. So that's sort of where we are. It's like maybe twelve-team, maybe he's on waivers in twelve-team to see if, like, you know, maybe he starts the season hot, so he would be a hot potato. But more than likely, it's like borderline twelve-team, four maybe uh, fourth outfielder in a fifteen-team. Uh, for like runs and potentially, you know, maybe like n- kind of neutral on homers and uh, a little eh on steals. Yeah, and that's kind of where we're going to be at a lot of these guys. They're either going to give you one thing and one thing only, or it's going to kind of be like they're going to give you a little bit of this and a little bit of that and probably hurt you here. And that's kind of where we're going to be sitting uh, a lot of the time with the rest of this group next up is number 54 which is Lars Newtbar I have seen him go much much higher than that uh in 100 game 108 games last year he had 14 home runs four stolen bases 53 40 and hit 228 you have him projected for 20 home runs seven stolen bases 76 54 and hitting 254 
This is a StatCast guy. StatCast loves him. He's 26th in average exit velocity, 50th in hard, rate, hard hit, 38th in barrels. And he, you know, he had the, the big second half where he hit 15 home runs. So there's, there's a little bit of helium behind Lars Newt Bar. But I think we've talked about it before with St. Louis. Like, we don't really know where at bats are going with most people in St. Louis right now. Right. Yeah. Also, I'd like to, uh, I, this is a good time to stop and uh, thank my beautiful wife for uh, my trip to Florida. She parked, she, uh, she packed me a few uh, new bars, which was really nice of her. So. <laughs> I just want to thank her for that. Uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, honestly, I think I'm the low man on new bar. I don't really get what people are seeing here. Like, I, I mean, I heard what you said about the stack cast and the second half. And I mean, I see that, but I don't know, man. Like so many times, like people read into second halves, like that second half is going to become the next year's full season. When in reality, that doesn't really happen as much as people think like and more than likely people have a good, like two months at the end of last year, like a Joey Menendez kind of thing. And then this year, they're just kind of like, like, eh, again. Like, I honestly, and you mentioned too with the Cardinals, the Cardinals have so many mouths to feed. And like I said, Newt Bar is delicious, but <laughs> they don't have enough room for all these players. Like, there's a good, like, five uh, outfielders that the Cardinals really have to get at bats. And like, I, I don't mind new bar if he's in the lineup every day and he's hitting towards the top of it, like, okay. But that means that's going to cost either O'Neal. I'm, you know, currently I'm in love with Jordan Walker. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that even sounds like a week from now, like in a week from now, I may be like, well, okay. So he's gone over 25, but like right now, if you look at, uh, uh Walker, Carlson, O'Neill, Newt Bar, Yepes, Donovan, I mean, Gorman, Burleson's still on the bench. De Young, they, yeah. have so many, they have so many guys that it's like, I, uh, Newt Bar and Dijon sounds like a hotel mini bar. But, yeah, I mean, it's just like I, I don't know where. I don't know, honestly, how they're going to get a bats for all these guys. And if Walker is up, there's no way they're benching him. You don't promote Walker to put him on the bench. So he's going somewhere. Uh, O'Neal, if he's hitting, he's playing for sure. Carlson and Newt Bar are kind of like, to me, they're kind of like a platoon potentially, like, Newpar may not face lefties. I don't know, man. I mean, people are much higher than me on Newpar, so I'm not getting them in drafts. Other people are drafting way before me. But, yeah, I know. I, I don't know, man. Go with God, I guess. If you want Newpar, go for it. But I'm not in. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, Carlson's a switch hitter. He hits lefties a lot better than he does righties. So maybe there is a, a platoon there between them. Um, I mean, and I guess real quick, it was 10 home runs in the second half. Somebody's yelling at their podcast. He only hit 14 last year. He couldn't have hit 15. No, he hit 10. Sorry, I messed that stat up. Um, I like him. I like him where ADP says he's going, which is around 180. 
I don't, I haven't seen him get to 180 in a single draft of mine yet. So uh, if he gets to 180, I'll take a look at him. But more than likely, I've seen him going in that 150 range and all the way up into like the 120, 130 range, which is crazy to me. Again, just the playing time concerns of like the entire outfield in in St. Louis. Right. Yeah, and uh, for you know for what it's worth, I have him ranked around 200 overall. So I'm just after ADP, which is which you know in reality means I'm never really drafting him. I'm, he's just not on my sheet. Like I have other guys ahead of him. Like you know. Anyway, let's let's move on. Yeah, and, and we're not talking about a, like a top prospect guy. He kind of came out of nowhere last year to put up even the power he did. So possibly made a swing change, but they, we're moving on anyway. Number fifty five through fifty nine, we've talked about that. It's Josh Naylor. Will Myers, Brendan Donovan, Alex Kirloff, and Chris Morrell. So number 60 is Jared Kalinick. Last year in 54 games in the majors, he had seven home runs, five stolen bases, and hit 141. Not great. Uh, but in AAA in 86 games, <laughs> he hit 18 home runs, nine stolen bases, and hit 296. So it's it's a question of whether he's uh, – let me give you a projection. Sorry, your projections are 16 home runs, 10 stolen bases, 54, 61, and 197. I mean, he's still only 23. It feels like the, the fatigue is setting in even at 23. But he still shows the power speed every time he goes back down. Is he a quad A guy? Is it is it going to happen? Do we need him to get traded to Cincinnati to see it? What's going on here with, with Colin and Gray? <laughs> yeah, Cincinnati would be nice for him. Um, I uh, Actually, you know, he... Uh, you know, it's fresh in my mind, so I keep going back to this uh, mixed league labor draft, the 12 team mixed league labor draft that I just did in Florida. Um, the expert league um, makes me an expert. Anyway, I uh, I just did it, and I drafted Clinic um, for two dollars uh, as a la- my last outfielder, and that's kind of what I see as him. Like he's a, in a 12 team mix at least. He's a flyer. Like if you think there's still a chance he could break out then uh, you know take the flyer i for two dollars i mean unless we're in better off dead like who needs two dollars <laughs> it's not it's not i'm not it's two dollars ain't doing me any good you know it's like that's just like i i think uh you know yasmani grandal i think went for two dollars like it's like you know it's like two dollars is nothing so why not take the flyer at the end of a 12-team mix league if you can for a clinic i I honestly, I don't, I don't know what to expect this year. I, I, I mean, it's a lot. Like, it's a long way of saying, like, I don't mind the flyer. I, you know, I'll, I'll take it, and I, I like the gamble. But no one knows really. Like, he looks good in spring training, but he's looked good in past spring trainings. He looked good last year in spring training. He's looked good in every spring training we've seen him in because he really hits well against lousy pitchers. And, you know, in the minors, he's able to hit well because there are not a lot of great pitchers there. So I'm concerned that he may not be able to um, hit I don't hit in the majors. I don't know. But I think it's worth the flyer. So, you know, you do what you do. I If he's there at the, like, the last rounds, there's worse, there's worse things to do than take, like, in a 12-team mixed league, your fifth outfielder, you take him, and if he doesn't hit the first week of April, just drop him for someone on waivers. Yeah, I think that's pretty much where we're at. I mean, again, I like him. I'm I'm willing to take the shot, but I mean, I I'd be I'd be completely lying if I said 
I knew like what he was going to be or, you know, if this was the year it was going to click, anything like that. So it, it is just, you know, you're hoping for the best when you're, when you're grabbing him here and, you know, maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. Moving on to our next guy at 61, which is the start of another tier, is Brian De La Cruz. Last year, he had 13 home runs, four stolen bases, 38-43 and 252. You have him projected for 16 home runs, five stolen bases, 63, 66, and 271. Uh, one of the things that it, it does get hard to do is find big power sources. The later it gets, maybe he's one. It, it's possible. Um, but based on the track record, maybe not as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think with uh, De La Cruz, um, RIP uh, plug two from De La Soul, I think the uh, the thing you're getting with him is like a real solid floor. And this is a, a we, we should say this is a new tier uh, in my rankings. This is like like the tier we just went over was a high was a high upside uh, tier, even though it didn't sound like it, like Newt Bar, Kalanick, uh, Loriano, those were upside guys. De La Cruz is a fifth outfielder who doesn't have upside. <laughs> so, so at fifth outfielder in a 12 team mixed league, you should go upside. So, this guy, so De La Cruz isn't necessarily on my board for a 12 team mixed league, but a 15 team mixed league, I like a guy like De La Cruz because in a deeper league, if you're looking at De La Cruz, he's a solid floor. He's good for average. He's a solid, like, you know, he should be good for contact, not kill you on power, have a few, have a handful of steals. And, like, more than likely, he's going to be in the middle of the Marlins lineup, even though, like, right now it looks like he's batting eighth. I, I don't know if I'd buy that. I think, you know, Garrett Cooper never stays healthy. And De La Cruz, like, between, uh, you know, uh, Arias and uh, maybe Avisail Garcia, like, somewhere in there, I could see De La Cruz batting third or, or fourth even. Like, I, I, I think he's probably one of their better hitters uh, in the, for a middle-of-the-lineup hitter, uh, the Marlins, that is. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't mind them. I don't think there's much upside here. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think there's a floor, and that's about it. Like, you're going to get, like, at most 17 homers, five steals, and a 275 average, which doesn't sound great and really isn't, but it's a lot safer than, you know, Kalanick, for instance, if you're in a deeper league. Yeah, and he's one of those guys that has, that's weird, like reverse splits. He hits righties better than he hits lefties. So that kind of keep, helps keep him in the lineup as well. Um, and he, he did have a big September. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I've said it. I feel like I've said that about like 150 guys now that we've talked about through through all the positions <laughs> that they've had a big September. Um, but, I mean, he hit 388 with six home runs. He got the K rate down to 21% in that month. K rate's one of the fastest stabilizers. So, Maybe there was a, a swing approach change. Maybe somebody found something. So um, while, while I agree he's probably not going to provide a lot of upside and he's more of a, a safe play, I think there is a small amount of upside just based on what he did in September. If nothing with the K rate, which could potentially turn into a little bit more contact and maybe the, uh, a bit higher base average for him. Moving on to number 62 is Bryce Harper. I mean, he hit 18 home runs, 11 stolen bases, 63, 65, and 286. 
You have projected for 273 at bats, 16 home runs, 7 stone bases, 47, 54, and 277. I think this ultimately comes down to how many IL spots do you have in your league and how deep your league is as to whether you have room to sit Bryce Harper down on your bench. Yeah, I think if you have like an, an IL slot, uh, he's not a bad grab for uh, an IL slot if you're in uh, even a shallow league. Uh, you know, in spring training right now, it looks like they're talking, you know, they're talking very positively about his uh, recovery and how he might come back sooner. So, I don't know, maybe you get him like mid-June versus mid-July, which you know, that's a, a bit of a boon for people who drafted him at, like, I think his ADP is, like, maybe after 250, 275 overall. So, you know, again, this is, like, last outfielder-type play in a 12-team mixed league. Um, you know, with the good reports out of camp, maybe people are pushing him up a little bit. Maybe he'll go he'll get drafted a little bit higher now. But, yeah, I think he's, you know, like, I, I ranked him. I looked at his stats, you know, it's kind of, it's not, well, it's like I looked at his stats for half of a season. I assume, I'm assuming all-star break and his numbers for all-star break, projecting him out, were like the same as De La Cruz for a full season. <laughs> so, I mean, Bryce Harper is great. It's just like how many at-bats are you getting is really like the question. Are you getting, you know, 275 at-bats? You're getting 350 at bats. You're getting 175 at bats. I I don't know. I, I'm not sure yet. I'm thinking still mid July. As of the recording of this, I'm going mid July, but it could be mid June. Yeah, and I think it again. It depends on your league. If you have IL spots and it's a shallower league, you're in a 10 or a 12 team league. Like by all means, draft Bryce Harper and then go to the waivers after you've put him on your IL and and grab another guy to to fill in for him during that time because then you get whatever you get from that spot plus Bryce Harper. Um, but you know if you're in a like an RCL where we have three bench spots and I think two IL, uh, you know you can you can draft him and and see if you hold him. But there's going to be a point where you're going to have to decide to cut him or somebody else. Um, it just depends on, on the type of player you are, I think. And it, it's a guy that I'm like, I'm more willing to do that in a head, head to head where he can really make that difference towards the end in like a head to head type format than I am in a roto where you have to sit there and eat it all season. Yeah. And also like there's leagues like, um, like NFBC where there's no IL slots at all, like a main event league where like, I just. And he's also got utility only in some leagues where I have him as outfield because I believe in Yahoo, uh, you know, in Yahoo, everyone's got every eligibility. But I, I believe Bryce Harper still has outfield eligibility in Yahoo. So that's why he's even ranked here. But he's mostly utility only. And uh, yeah, NFBC, he's utility only. And there's no IL slots. So then you have to think like, Am I going to play him at IL? Because he, excuse me, am I going to play him at utility? Because like he may not get outfield eligibility this year. Like I don't know how the Phillies are going to play him, but if I were the Phillies, I would just put him at DH because like you don't want to mess with him trying to throw. Yeah, he didn't last year. I mean, he didn't qualify for most outfield leagues last year, and that's that was you know the injury happened, but before that he was healthy. So. Um, I, I wouldn't expect him to really qualify either. So, yeah, in that kind of league where 
it's literally eating up a roster spot where somebody else could be contributing. It does get harder to to just sit him there and wait. Moving on to number 63 is Jock Peterson. Last year he had 23 home runs, three stolen bases, 57-70. He had 274, 353, and 521. You have him projected for 24 home runs, four stolen bases, 58-68, and 249. I mean, he Jock Peterson is who he is. He's 130, 140 games. He's going to hit... 240, 250 probably, and, and give you some power. Yeah, no, completely. Um, again, like, uh, this is like a tier of safer fifth outfielders for uh, 12-team or, you know, safer uh, for deeper leagues. Like like I said, you don't really want a, a safe outfielder for a fifth uh, outfielder for a 12 team. So you don't, you don't, you shouldn't go safe in a 12 team. You should go a little bit more risky, but, uh, yeah, Jack Peterson's like, you know, he's a safe guy for deeper leagues as long as he's not, uh, facing lefties. So in like, you know, in a weekly league, you just kind of have to look ahead to see if he's, uh, facing a bunch of lefties and then you probably want to bench him. But yeah, he's also, like he gets hot. He has these weeks where like he'll hit eight homers in a week and then not hit a homer for like two months. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's I mean, but in, at the end of the day, he gives you like, you know, 25 homers, 60 runs, 70 ish RBIs two forty five average. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. It's not terrible. It's just it depends on how you're building your team. Yeah, and you mentioned it. You have to kind of pay attention with him because he's he's one of the most platoon players. I mean, he's been platoon oh, you, for the oh, last really, like six you know years. You, you know where you really have pay, <laughs> you really have to pay attention to him when he's in your fantasy football league. That guy, man, <laughs> with the IR slots. Like, what are you doing, Jock Peterson? <laughs> How dare he do something that every single person who plays fantasy <laughs> sports does? All right, moving on to number sixty-four is Michael Conforto. Last time we saw him was twenty twenty-one. He had fourteen home runs, a stolen base, went fifty-two, fifty-five. And 232. Last full season he had was in 2019, which was the bouncy balls. He had 33 home runs and hit 257. Young projected for 14 home runs, 51, 59, and 254 after he missed all of last year with the shoulder sur- shoulder surgery. Uh, I mean, I I don't mind the shot here, Gray, but I feel like that's all we're we're really hoping for. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think. Uh... You know, I, like I said, this is a this is a tier of guys where, like, in the deeper league, I'm fine. Like a Conforto and like a 15 team or or NL only, sure, go for it. But like, I just don't see him ever coming close to like, I don't know, 25 homers even. Like I, I like he feels like very like kind of eh. I mean, middle of the lineup. Occasional homer, kind of bland, like with, uh, you know, um, average, like 250 maybe, if you're lucky, 245 probably, more likely. It's not, I mean, I don't know, 255 maybe. Uh, yeah, I guess 255 is fine, but because, like, he has, he, he does, he doesn't actually strike out that much. So we'll say 255. And he gets on base a lot. So on base percentage leagues, you know, he gets a boost there uh, for OBP, but he's just so boring. Even like, <laughs> like, I don't think like even if he's completely healthy, which I don't know 100 percent he is. But even if he's completely healthy, I just don't see a huge upside here. Like, 
you know, like you said, 2019 was his real big year. But everyone had a big year in 2019. Kendall Marte looked like a 30 homer hitter in 2019. You know, <laughs> it's just like it's just not. It just wasn't a real. They weren't playing with a real baseball in 2019. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think even if he gets back to it, it's it's like 25 home runs is is the upside. Uh, I mean, he did have. Tw- 27 home runs in 109 games in 2017. So, I mean, he used to show that power. It's it the the stack has numbers aren't favorable to what he did last year or I mean, what he did in 2021 versus what he was doing. So, I mean, I think that decline was already happening a little bit at age 30. It just it becomes harder and harder for me to see him being a 30 home run threat, and he was never an average guy. So, um as you mentioned, better in OBP, he's fine. He's fine. Moving on, we covered the next four. That's Juan Yepes, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and Whit Merrifield, and then Trey Mancini. So number 69 is Andrew Benintendi. Last year, in 126 games, he had five home runs, eight stolen bases, 54-51, and hit 304. You have him projected for 14 home runs, nine stolen bases, 86-56, and 283. I mean, I was looking at the White Sox lineup, Gray. They really, really need, like, Lou Bob, Eloy, and Vaughn to be healthy and hit because this is just a slap hitter, like, team, like, up and down the lineup other than those three. And Ben Intendi is just adding adding to that nut mix. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no, totally. I think also it might be a thing with, uh, like, Thing, things, thing. It sounds like uh, that game show, twenty five thousand uh, dollar pyramid. I was about to say things you put on your feet <laughs> because because <laughs> both the White Sox and the Red Sox both have like very slap happy. Like Verdugo and Yoshida wouldn't look off in the White Sox lineup either, right? You just swap them in for, you know, filling your blank White Sox right. player. Yeah, it's like Ben Benintendi. It's like when Ben Benintendi's done with the White Sox, go back to the Red Sox. Like, okay. And Tim like, Anderson probably yeah. go back and sign with the Red Sox after yeah. they lose, uh, yeah. after they lost Sander. Yeah. Okay, ready? <laughs> Things you find on your feet. Go! White Sox, Red Sox, Ben Benintendi socks. Uh, Benintendi socks. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't like Benintendi. I, I mean, it might be me, but he is just so bland that I, he's another guy that, like, in a deeper league, fine, I get it. If you need to make a play for, like, counting stats, like runs, RBIs, he won't kill you an average, but everything else is just so bland. Like, <laughs> he is not, like, last year, in 126 games, five homers and eight steals? Are you joking, man? Like, are you joking with me, bro? Like, I honestly, no, I can't. I mean, I can't <laughs> draft that. Like, if other people have no problem drafting it, fine, go for it. I personally can never draft that. Even in a deep league, like, I would go with, like, a uh, – you know, a Conforto or a, a Peterson um, before – I don't know. Like, I just can't draft Benintendi. I just I just find myself never drafting Benintendi because there's just so little interest to me. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I get it. I sometimes end up with a guy like Benintendi, and it's either him or, like, any number of guys that are kind of like – they're in a good spot in the lineup. They hit for a good average. They don't do a whole lot else because I go a little bit less average in the beginning sometimes. Like I'll go with 
Adalas Garcia, and I'll go with, uh, you know, just some of the guys who are more power speed, less like 100% certain that they're going to hit for a good average necessarily. Uh, and so sometimes I'll build out with, with you know, a Benintendi, Everdugo type towards the end. But you're right. I mean, you know what you're getting. They're, they're fill-ins when you need to, like, when your average starts slipping because Adalas Garcia is going through his, you know, 120 three-week phase that he goes through where he doesn't touch a baseball or something like that. Yeah, no, exactly. All right, moving on to number 70 is Charlie Blackman. Boy, he he used to be a lot higher on this list. Uh, He had 60 home runs, four stone bases, 60, 78, and 264 last year. You haven't projected for 17, 4, 69, 81, and 265. So almost the identical thing he did last year. Um, It's the last year of his deal, so he could potentially get moved if he wants that if the if the Rockies want that um but barring that I mean he's he's going to be what Charlie Blackman has been for the last few years which is a guy you play at Coors yeah I you know I think with uh Blackman he's basically uh a Ben attendee uh in Coors more or less at this point in his career he uh like I he's actually he's falling even later than this in drafts where I think uh, I might even, and I might actually be high on him, which is bizarre <laughs> because I mean, I don't, I don't ever, I wouldn't ever really draft him. So it's a little bizarre that I have him uh, as a high man uh, for what it's worth. I mean, on the player Raider last year, he was 137th overall just in front of Nico Horner and Ryan McMahon and just after Martin Perez and Verdugo. So, like, you know, looking at that, like, in a deep league, you might be be able to find worse than Charlie Blackman. You know, he hasn't really shown that he's, like, he stays on the field, he gets counting stats. Like, if you were to take away their names and just look at their stats – like you would be pretty hard pressed to find a difference between Charlie Blackman's projections and Brian De La Cruz, you know, like 15 homers, five steals, 270 average. It's kind of Charlie Blackman and it's kind of Brian De La Cruz. So, you know, it's like, eh, I mean, you know, I don't like them necessarily. I feel like it's a, a really super boring play, but I can almost understand it more than you know ben and who i just hate <laughs> anyway even though it's like the same exact number yeah, it's <laughs> without it's without having to I mean, worry no, about I'll, home field oh, I'm totally oh i'll, I'll cop to being <laughs> yeah, irrationally low on ben and and okay with blackman but you know i do have ben and ranked above blackman so for whatever that's worth i'm honestly Take me out of this equation because I'm not drafting any of these guys. <laughs> I, I look at that like when they get to the top of my uh, top of ADP on my queue, I look at them and I'm like, huh, let's see if I can draft a pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I am worried he gets traded and then becomes a 230-240 hitter. Um, but while he's in Colorado, you can enjoy it and, and kind of get what he's been doing. I think that's that's very safe. Number 71 is Jorge Soler, not safe at all. Last year, he had 13 home runs and hit 207 in 72 games. You're projected for 24 home runs, 62, 74, and 221. 
Uh, I mean, as I mentioned, it's hard to find big power sources late. He could be one. Um, he did have back issues last year, so you know, was it was it the back or or is he cooked? Uh, where where are you falling in that debate, there, Gray? Uh, I think I've drafted him once or twice already because, as you said, it is hard to find power. Like you you start getting at this deep in in leagues, especially in deeper leagues, like in a twelve team mixed league. I'm not really interested in Jorge Solar, but in a, like a 15-team mixed league, it's hard to find guys who are capable of giving you a 35 homer season. Like, there's not a ton of those guys in the league right now because the ball, you know, the ball was dead last year, so everyone's assuming it's going to be dead again. So if it is um, dead again this May on Netflix <laughs> <laughs> and on uh, MLB Network, uh, yeah, no, I think. Uh, I think he's like one of the few guys, like you said, like one of the few guys who could potentially give you 30 plus homers. I'm not saying he's going to do that, but there's very few guys late in drafts. Like when you get to like the Solars of the world, like you're looking at like the Austin Hayes of the world. And you're like, I don't like personally. Well, I don't know. I don't think we've gone to Austin Hayes yet. I, I don't necessarily hate Hayes. But that's like where you are in the draft. And it's like, you know, I like some guys in a deep league for like upside and flyers and potentially like to be good. But that's all you're getting here is potential. And there's not a ton of potentially 35 home run guys left in the league this late in draft. So for that reason, I have drafted Jorge Salar in a couple deep leagues, not a 12-team mix. Yeah, I, I'm with you that like if you're looking for power, he's one of those guys that you can take that shot on, and it could come back. My case for it not coming back and why he is down this far, obviously the average plummeted. He's he's older. He's he, he's getting hurt. His launch angle is down from his from like the power years of 2019 and 2021. Uh, barrel rates down from that same period. Hard hit rates down versus like everything's down across the board, and that uh, that doesn't look good. So it's it's possible. I mean, he's a big guy. There's there's plenty of power there to do it. Um, and even last year, he was on pace for you know mid twenties home runs. So even if he's cooked, he's still pro- probably providing twenty five home runs. <laughs> It just does it come at a two hundred average or sub two hundred average, like <laughs> even if he's cooked. I mean, I think so. I mean, like the numbers last year weren't good, so even if, but even if he's that player, he was on pace for twenty five home runs. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. I, it, no, it's still I agree. possible. No, I, I totally agree. Even if he's cooked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to number 72 is Mike Yastrzemski Jr. Last year he had 17 runs. Speaking of, speaking of cooked, welcome to Carl's Jr. Jr. <laughs> uh, you have him projected for 20 home runs, 6 stolen bases, 69, 62, and 226. I mean, he should sit somewhere in a, in a you know, not the very bottom of the terrible Giants lineup. And he has a little bit of power upside here, Gray. Uh, that's that's about as good as I can do on, on Mike Gas. <laughs> yeah, I you know I actually I don't think I've drafted him yet, so this is gonna uh, sound a little bit hollow. <laughs> but when I say I would draft him, <laughs> I haven't, but I would. I, I you know I think he's kind of like in that he's he's in that middle uh, 
you know, not a great lineup, but he's in the middle somewhere. I think <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he hits as high as second. Maybe he hits as low as like six. Probably hits like fourth or fifth, uh, depending on if Hanniger stays on the field. Oh, is it my you draft? <laughs> I I am actually professionalism. Up. That is no, it's actually very true. I am up. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Greg. <laughs> Oh man, that is awesome. Um, obviously, I have I have six draft windows open right now. So anyway, um, with Yastrzemski, I you know he like feels like one of the few guys in the Giants lineup that isn't going to platoon. Like it's like him, Estrada, and Handiger. The uh, they're just not going to platoon, so they're going to be like they're going to be playing every day. So I like them. I don't know if it's like if Yastrzemski is necessarily going to be like great <laughs> i mean he had like in 2021 he was good he had 25 homers like he has a little bit of power i don't know i i i don't mind him to be honest but again i haven't drafted him so you know take that for what it's worth uh i'm with you i i, I wouldn't mind having him i've actually had him at the top of my queue and like been ready to draft him a couple times and then he goes because somebody else is like in the same boat that i am that they're like that's good. I mean, he's at least going to get some playing time. He'll be there. He's he's kind of been all over the place. So maybe maybe there's a magic season out there for him, and uh, he, then he goes. So uh, I'm kind of with you on on where we're we're at on on junior, junior, junior. Moving yeah, on. <laughs> all right, moving on to seventy. I was sorry. I was just doing my draft. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Moving on to seventy three is Jesse Winker. Last year he had fourteen home runs. Zero stolen bases, 51-53, and hit 219. UM projected for 17 home runs, one stolen base, 67-66-266. We were excited about Winker this time last year because he was in Cincinnati. He got traded to Seattle. He was completely useless, as you heard from the numbers that I gave you from what he did last year. But now he's back to Milwaukee, and I'm back in, Gray. Despite the fact he had the lowest average exit velocity, uh, highest launch angle and his barrel rate was down. Uh, I, I, I'm back in because he's in a more favorable part. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's know. it. That's that's the best think, I got. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think he stays on the field. You know, like I I don't mind Winker if he's like if he's playing, <laughs> but he's just so difficult to trust at this point. But yeah, I mean, you could get that. A random year of him, you know, playing, and he's in a good park, like you said. So, I mean, he did play last year. He just wasn't good, but that was a bad park. So, a bad park for him and a bad situation, supposedly. Like, things weren't good in the Mariners clubhouse for him. So, yeah, maybe the new uh, environment and the new park and the, you know, and, and if he stays on the field, maybe he gets back to, like, 22 uh homers to 70 plus average maybe i mean he's always been good for contact i you know i mean he's fine i honestly he's not a guy i usually draft i i don't think i've drafted him like for years now because i just don't trust him but yeah (laughs) if he can stay on the field i guess he's for this late in a 15 team or deeper league it's it's a fine play yeah, I, I didn't really touch him last year, um, especially after the trade. But uh, with where he's going, 
I'm perfectly fine with it. As we mentioned, like there's so few power hitters here. Even 25 home runs down in this area is is something valuable to, to potentially find. So I think he could do it. And I think, again, you mentioned he's not really a, a strikeout guy. So there's enough contact that he can kind of hit his way into or luck his way into you know a non-terrible average or, or even a plus average potentially. Moving on to 74 is Dylan Carlson, another member of the Cardinals outfield, as we've talked about before. Last year, he had eight home runs, five stolen bases, 56-42, and hit 236 in partial playing time. You have him down for 12 home runs, eight stolen bases, 63-57, and 261s. Uh, decent reports coming out of camp. He's only 24. So, I mean, the, the Cardinals are invested in him performing. I just... Again, I don't know if that means they're going to give him playing time or if they just would like to see it. Yeah, I mean, that he he feels the most tenuous to me. I know people are saying Yepes is probably the uh, the most tenuous, um, but uh, I think Carlson's really tenuous. I, I really don't trust him at all, uh, to be honest, for like, uh, if the Jordan Walker thing happens is what I'm talking about. Like, that's like, I feel like Carlson's the first one out, then Yepes, then O'Neal, and then like, and then there's some sort of like uh, Donovan, uh, like platoon it happens maybe. Cause I know Donovan's hitting well in spring training, but it's spring training. Like I've seen Donovan get moved up in ranks. I like Donovan too. Like, don't get me wrong. I have him ranked pretty high. I've uh, I've been a fan of Donovan's. I I I would totally, but I don't know what Carlson man like his his numbers just feel so bland that even if he is playing, what are you getting? You know, like he looks like he looks like a poor man's Lane Thomas at this point. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really like Donovan either. Um, so I I feel like he's probably the one I would I would see getting kind of moved around first, but I, I mean, I, I do think Carlson is, is among those outfielders that the leash is a little shorter than maybe it should be for like a guy who is, I don't know, like the third best prospect in the Cardinals system up until like two years ago, or even last year, probably he would have been considered that like, and honestly, I don't know where that really comes from other than kind of the pedigree in the draft, because he's never, he had the 21, 18, 2019 season which was great but like he that's really the only season he's kind of put it together um so we're waiting to see on dylan carlson i don't mind the flyer on him late but that's i feel like that's what it is is you're really hoping he kind of gets hot out of spring and and gets the job or a job moving on to number 75 is edward Olivares. last year in 53 games he had four home runs two stolen bases 24 15 and hit 286 you have him projected for 19 home runs, 16 stolen bases, 63, 76, and 272. Uh, he he had a quad and a leg issue that cost him some games last year. And he's another reverse splits guy where he's been better against righties in his MLB career, at least. Should get should get some at-bats here, at least, Gray. Yeah, no, I definitely – I uh, you know, I wrote a sleeper post on him. Uh, it's probably more of a sleeper for deep leagues. Like, I did – I took uh, Alvarez in my uh, my labor twelve team mixed league in the free rounds, so I took him as a uh, a bench guy. It's a it, you know in in daily leagues I say don't get bench guys in twelve team mixed leagues, but it's a weekly league. Um, so 
hold your outrage, people. <laughs> I I like Alvarez a lot. I've been burned by him a lot too. So you know, it's with a grain of salt that he's actually going to be playing and he's going to be you know uh, good. But I mean, the stats like back up like his minor league numbers. Like he looks he looks like he should be good. Like you know, it's hard to see. Like unless he's a quad A player. Like you look at his numbers through the minors, and he's always hit well. He's like got a good, he's got good contact. He doesn't strike out a lot at all. Um, he gets like he has power and speed, which is what you want. Like I feel like we could be back here next year and see Alvarez going like you know forty outfielders higher in like the top forty outfielder range versus where he is now. Like he feels like he's got some decent upside. So yeah, I'm drafting him everywhere that I want like an upside outfielder. So, you know, like I said, free rounds for 12 team mixed league, um, the 15 team league. If you have like, you know, solid core of outfielders, like as your first three or four, and you want to take a bit of a flyer for your fourth or fifth outfielder. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, and in, uh, like an AL only. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I like Oliveris. I think there's a little bit of upside that's maybe not being, considered here um because i mean you haven't projected for more at bats than any projection system that i've seen out there and i i i think i'm with you in regards to at least the at bats and what he could potentially do with him uh you know given the opportunity so yeah i'm with you on edward Oliveras. i like him as a sleeper a guy that you can grab late very late in your drafts and also with you that he could go you know several tiers higher next year when we're talking about outfielders moving on to number 76 is brandon marsh last year he had 11 home runs 10 stolen bases 49 52 and hit 245 you have projected for 13 home runs 14 stolen bases 53 48 and hitting 240 this is only his 25 year old season uh he got moved from los angeles to philly i guess the biggest issue is kind of he's he's gonna be stuck at the bottom of the order because philly's pretty much set at the top yeah, I also, I, I, because he also feels like the first guy who loses at bats if they need to get anyone at bats. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know. Ed, Edmondo Sousa, uh, Josh Harrison. I'm not saying these guys are good, so don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I, I don't think they should play over Marsh, but, you know, if someone's getting, you know, arrested, it's, you know, or someone's getting platooned out at all. It would probably be him, uh, especially versus lefties. I I like Marsh, though. You know, like, these guys, this whole tier is really, like, these are upside guys that I like a lot that are probably not drafted in your 12-team mixed leagues or are drafted in, like, the last round but are, like, good upside flyers for later in your, like, deeper leagues. I think Marsh has, like, you know, he's got good power and speed, it's like, you know, that's at that with power and speed, a lot you can get a lot of fantasy value out of that without having to do a ton else. Like you if you're in the lineup for 135 40 games and you can do 15 15 250, you'll be surprised at how much value that has even if it doesn't sound like the most exciting uh stat line. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm actually that's probably one of my bigger issues is that you know I'll go for all the the power speed guys, um, but sometimes you need a guy in the, that's going to actually play and, and be in the middle of lineups, um, and, and sometimes I'm I'm missing that part of it. Uh, I, I do like Brandon Marsh as I mentioned. He's only 25. So I think there's potential. He had 288 once he came over to Philadelphia last year. So maybe there was a clubhouse thing. I mean, the Angels always seemed like they kind of hated him. He never got real playing time and just got kind of moved around constantly um, with them. And and so I, I think there's there's potential where Marsh can maybe settle down and, and have a like a real job here in Philadelphia. Moving on to yeah, number seven. Oh. Yeah, sorry, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, moving on to number 77 is Garrett Mitchell. Uh, last year, he had 28 games in the majors. He had two home runs, eight stolen bases, and hit 311. Last year in double-A, he had 48 games, or sorry, 44 games. He had four home runs, seven stolen bases, and hit 277. And then in 20 games at triple-A, he had one home run, nine stolen bases, and hit 342. You have him projected for 12 home runs, 18 stolen bases, 49, 45, and 226. Garrett Mitchell, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no, this is a guy, actually, um, Jeff, uh, former uh, podcast host, I saw him in Florida uh, and uh, at spring training, and um, he drafted Garrett Mitchell in NL only, and I, I mean, I was saying to him that I thought it was a great pick, and he feels, like, Garrett Mitchell feels like a guy who could potentially be, like, one of my first, like, you know, big buys of the season for 12 team mixed leagues. Like he feels like if he gets off to a hot start, like he's got again, power speed and he, you know, he's had good contact in the minor leagues. It's just like his brief time in the majors, but super brief, only 28 games. He had a 40 plus strikeout rate, but that a 40, uh, a 40% uh, strikeout rate, but that's only like due to the small sample size. I think he's going to be fine for contact. Like I think, I think he's going to actually – like he could hit 250 with like – I don't know. I want to say 10 homers and 20-plus steals. Like he's he's really interesting um, for even a 12-team mixed league. But again, it's like a guy who's not going to get drafted probably will be on waivers in 12-team mixed leagues, which is why I say I could actually you know potentially make him in, uh, into an early buy in the season. Like he could be good. Like I'm like I'm definitely I'm monocling Garrett Mitchell in like for shallow leagues for deeper league. Absolutely. Grab Garrett Mitchell. Like he's very he's really interesting for a deeper league, especially with Tyrone Taylor out. It's uh, it it could be really like he could be a steal. Like he's another guy like this whole tier of guys. These guys could all be 40 picks earlier next year. Like these are upside guys. Yeah, I mean, he could potentially put up something something like Tommy Edmond did last year, like, you know, low teens, home runs, 25, 30 stolen bases and a 260 average. Like I wouldn't put that past him. He's definitely got the speed. I I, I don't know that he has a lot of power, but he has enough that he's not just like he's not Miles Straw or Billy Hamilton like where he's just barely being able to like move the ball forward at all, he has a little bit more pop than that. So uh, I, I do like Garrett Mitchell here as a late flyer, and just just see what happens if you're this late in the draft, or just put him on your watch list as you mentioned for as we get early in the season. 
Number 78 is Jose Siri. Last year he had seven home runs, 14 stolen bases, 53-24, and hit 213. You have him down for 14 home runs, 14 stolen bases, 59, 51, and 226. Um, I mean, he had 16 games of AAA. He had, I guess, the if we go back to 2021 and 94 games of AAA, he had 16, 24, 318. So, like, that's the that's the big picture, like, upside for Jose Siri. And uh, another reverse, reverse splits guy, at least last year, Gray. Yeah, yeah. I mean, another guy who's just, like, so, like, his numbers just jump off the page. Like, Jose Siri could be probably like a top like if he can control his contact because his contact is the biggest issue here so like you mentioned his triple a line of 16 24 318 but he he did it with a 31 percent strikeout rate and he's had a 33.4 percent strikeout rate in the majors so if he's able but if he's able to get to like a 27 percent strikeout rate and hit 240 plus he could be a eighteen, a seventeen to twenty homer, seventeen to twenty five steal hitter, which is like, I mean, that's like a top thirty outfielder. Like Jose Siri to me is like, again, like I didn't write a sleeper for Jose Siri because I I do think the contact is a mess a bit, and he could hit one ninety and get platooned. So I think the downside is actually pretty severe with Jose Siri, but potential upside is like enormous. Like he could be excellent, but unfortunately he's older. So I tend to think he's probably got more downside than upside, but yeah, I mean, he's right there and a guy who I'm really interested in super late in drafts. Yeah, definitely has like the loud skills. He's, I mean, he was the third fastest person in sprint speed last year. He's put up a 24-46 season at A-ball. He had the 16-24 season at at AAA. So, you know, it's another really toolsy guy. You're right. Like, can he get enough contact to make make it work? Can he limit the, the strikeouts? Again, I don't mind taking the shot when we're this late, though. So we'll see how it works for Jose Siri. But he could he could completely bottom out. I mean, he could be back in the minors, you know, sooner than later. Even with the Rays, whose lineup is not overly spectacular right now. Moving on to number seventy nine is Trent Grisham. Last year he went seventeen and seven, fifty eight, fifty three, and one eighty four. You have him project for eighteen home runs, ten stolen bases, sixty two, fifty seven, and two oh nine. I mean, why were we excited? Why were people excited about Trent Gisham last year, Gray? Like, what was what was the reason? I don't. I, don't, uh, I, I think it was uh, 2020 bled into thinking he was good for 2021, and then I, I, don't, I, don't, know. I don't know, Gray. Like, what happened? Why were we? I'm making up. I'm making up something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I think there's, there might be something here. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I, I think there might be still something because, I mean, he does, you know, he makes terrible contact, which is why you see like a strikeout rate that isn't insane and he's still hitting 184. 
he's just not. I mean, it's probably not. He's probably not very good, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but I, I do think there is something to like. There's the power speed aspect that if he he did have like a bit of a suppressed Babbitt, even though. I mean, the Babbitt's suppressed because the contact's so bad. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of issues with Trent Grisham, but he does have power and he does have speed. So you have to respect that for like a deeper league play. That if he can hit like 220, he could also hit 20 homers and steal 15 bags. And there's there's value to that in a deeper league. Yeah, I mean, I have him. I have him in NL only. So I, I mean, I, I there is value there in, in deep leagues. I, I think that's about the only place that I'm really looking in his direction. I, the, as you mentioned, the contact has just been been pretty bad here. Um, so I just I don't know about Trent Grisham and and what he's going to provide uh, in regards to any kind of shallower format. Um, moving on, we have number 80, Manny Margot. 89 games last year, he had four home runs, seven stolen bases, and hit 274. You have him projected for 10 home runs, 12 stolen bases, 51, 55, and 267. Uh, Manny Margot is like the definition of a little bit of everything as we're talking about these outfielders. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think Manny Margot is probably like faster. Like he is... He's actually a uh, a good guy to look at for when people are like, oh, uh, you know, so-and-so is fast, uh, so he'll steal bases. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't necessarily work that way. Uh, you know, sprint speed doesn't necessarily equate to uh, stolen bases. So, yeah, I mean, Margot could steal. I mean, it's possible. He does have speed. But yeah, he hasn't really used it at all, and he has a little bit of power. Like if he were like, it wouldn't shock me to see him hit like ten homers and steal uh, twenty plus bags and hit two seventy five. Like that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. It also wouldn't shock me to see him hit like seven homers, steal seven bags, and hit two fifty. <laughs> so you know that's why I mean he's getting drafted so late. His his upside is a little bit interesting and his downside is pretty bad. Yeah. And I don't know. Cause he had, he had a bunch of injuries and things last year and I'm just in and out, but uh, the sprint speed dropped significantly last year. Maybe he can get it back. Maybe it was a one year thing, but I mean, every year he gets older, you start to wonder whether that's, is it age? Is it the injuries? Uh, you know, so that, that does concern me just in regards to the speed because that was always kind of his carrying trait was that he, oh, at least he's fast. He'll he'll beat some things out and and you know he'll he'll maintain his average that way if everything goes wrong. And at his his current speed, it's not like slow. He's just not like he used to be top ten in the the major league base in in like sprint speed. He's now top two hundred. Um, so just kind of kind of a chain of skills potentially. Number 82 is Austin Hayes. Last year he had 16 home runs, two stone bases, 66, 60, and 250. You have projected for 15 home runs, three stone bases, 62, 66, 254. Uh, power still showed up on the road. He is just dying at home. Several hits that could have been out of you know the old dimensions at Camden here. 
<laughs> you talked about Austin Hayes way back when we were started the show, and I'm kind of yeah. with you. Like he's he's a guy that I don't mind adding to rosters, um, but I, I also don't know that there's a whole lot of, of projection into him to to become better than he was last year. Yeah, I mean Camden really killed him. Like you put Austin Hayes and old Camden Yards in 2019 and he's a 40 homer hitter <laughs> he's, he's 40 homer seven steals 280 like he's a he's a first rounder in 2019 and in, in the whole camp <laughs> thank goodness he didn't actually play then because we would still be he drafting is, him like Austin it Hayes is barry bonds in 2019 <laughs> If Austin Hayes can find a DeLorean, I'm telling you, man, this guy, this guy, Austin Hayes is so good if you're drafting for three years ago. This is like, this, I'll tell you right now, this podcast, if you're listening, if you're listening to this from the past and you can have, and you can go back now. Okay. Anyway, so Austin Hayes is, he's just kind of boring now, unfortunately. Like, I don't know. I would, if I were him. Like, there's all of these, like, uh, attorneys that will do, like, class action suits, and they don't get paid unless you get paid. So I would sue the Orioles and be like, (laughs) you moved the fences back, and that ruined my contract, okay? Like, I can't get paid because the fences, the Camden York fences are now in Camden, New Jersey. (laughs) All right? Heard me up, man. So anyway, I like Austin Hayes, but yeah, the upside. Yeah, I will say this is the last year that he's under contract, so uh, there's potential he could get moved if there's a, a team out there that needs a you know a righty righty back. Okay, I'm gonna okay. So Austin Hayes gets traded to the Yankees in July. He's gonna hit 40 homers from July to October. <laughs> all right. So I love Austin Hayes. He's gonna he's gonna go all. Uh, uh crap the uh yeah he's gonna go all luke voigt or harrison bader on us and just just go off real quick Uh, kevin (laughs) kevin moss yeah yeah, all right moving on uh number 83 here is carrie carpenter uh last year he he only had a minor amount of time up in the majors he had six home runs hit 252 double a he had 63 games he had 22 home runs and hit 304 and triple triple a and 35 games he had eight home runs two slow bases and hit 331 yeah, I'm rejected for 22 home runs, two stone bases, 51, 58, and 261. This is a guy who had 36 home runs between three levels. Gray uh, K rates definitely vary, but he could potentially find himself sitting at the top of a not so good Detroit Tigers lineup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think with uh, there is a uh, there's a chance season or something or or in april like a guy who i'm really excited about in april who could be breaking out like there's a chance for carrie carpenter if he's playing every day and he has a hot like early april i could see him getting added to all teams like he has potential uh but yeah i mean he's just got he's got a hit essentially like i he's not at the point where like i could see him being an early guy for like fab but a, a platooning out against lefties and a, and a terrible lineup. Like he needs the hit in order to really earn his spot in most fantasy leagues outside of like, obviously like AL only, but AL only everyone's 
rostered in A only. So, yeah, I, I don't mind Kerry Carpenter, though, for a potential upside play in a deeper yeah, league. Yeah, I actually, I actually like some Kerry Carpenter. Uh, again, I think just because of the opportunity. I mean, there's really nobody in front of him that Detroit should say needs to be playing. Um, and again, if he can kind of stick, stick at the top of the order, he, he definitely showed some pop last year, even in his minor time up, which was 31 games. I mean, six home runs in 31 games isn't terrible. I, I'm interested. I, I'm willing to take the shot later in drafts and just see what happens. Um, even in like a 15-team mixed where he, he's probably still not drafted in those, uh, I would probably take a shot on him as my last player. Number 84 is Leody Tavares. Last year he had five home runs, 11 stolen bases, 39-34 and hit 261. Young projected for eight home runs, 16 stolen bases, 54-59 and 264. Uh, is he really only 24, Gray? I feel like he's been around for like three decades. <laughs> How is he only 24 years old? Like, that that can't be right. <laughs> I know. This is like, this is a tier of, like, uh, ghosts, ghosts of past sleepers. <laughs> like, uh, Leone Tavares. I, re- I remember that sleeper. Hey, youngster. When I was your age, I did a Leone Tavares sleeper post. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, he is, like, I potentially I could see him still potentially breaking out again. Like this is a tier of guys who like I could see all these guys still because you like you mentioned Tavares is still young. I could see all these guys being like ranked 40 or so spots in the outfielder rankings higher last year. So I, I like Tavares a lot. You know, it's like, again, once again, Speed and power, like not a ton of either, not a ton of uh, power at least. He's got, you know, he's got some decent speed, maybe 20 steals. But if he can hit 10 homers, steal 20 bags, and his contact isn't so bad, if he can get into like a 250-plus average, that's valuable. Um, Like, again, I could see him being like an early either fab or early waiver wire pickup. Um, but for shower leagues, he's not getting drafted. For deeper leagues, he's probably a fifth outfielder, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with the Tavares one. And if something happens to, like, Simeon, Seeger, or Lowe, Tavares is moving up in the order, too. Like, right now, he's probably hitting ninth, but that's with everyone uh, healthy. Tavares, If Tavares hits and Seeger gets hurt, Tavares is hitting second, um, which, you know, hopefully happens. I mean, not hopefully, excuse me. No, hopefully, because I don't draft Corey Seager. But, you know, if you do draft Corey Seager, apologies. (laughs) I will say, I think if if that does happen, like if he can get moved up the order, he gets his contact, you know, under control, and like he's taken walks in the past, he could be one of those guys that just steals a ton of bases because he is, I mean, he's among the fastest players out there. He still has that speed, you know, despite me making fun of him feeling like he's been around for forever. Totally. Like, totally. Like, if you told me, like, he's going to go 15-35 this year, I'd be like, yeah. okay, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, he has that potential. It's why I wrote a sleeper post for him in the past. Like, I like Tavares. It's just, like, he has... He has he needs a, he needs some breaks, as in like Corey Seager's <laughs> leg. No, <laughs> I'm joking. We we don't wish injuries on players, but 
I'm saying if something happens to someone in that lineup and he moves up and he goes 10, if he hits 10 homers and steals 30 bags, it would not shock me. Like, but he does need, he needs some help. I'm with you. Uh, Moving on. Next guy up is number 85 is Marcel Ozuna. Last year he had 23 home runs, two stolen bases, 56, 56 and hit 226. You're projected for 20 home runs, three stolen bases, 51, 66, 218. Uh, exit velocity, hard hit are down over the last two seasons. And uh, don't laugh too hard, Gray. I think he, he said he was going to try and play in the field this year for some reason. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, he's going to need, need a... Uh... Uh, he needs like a, a green screen or something to uh, pretend to be in the outfield. Like, Has there ever on, been man. a worse platoon he, ever? If it happens, than Ozuna, Eddie Rosario for defensive purposes. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? What happened to the uh, What happened to the Braves? Like uh, DH slash left field. I mean they they have everything else. They need to. They need to find a uh, a rookie out of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> who they can give a twelve year thirty million. Clearly paid deal those guys too uh, much. Okay, <laughs> right. Okay, so Ozuna, you know Ozuna's like, and this is a new tier, by the way. So we're out of like the high upside, uh, risky picks, and this is starts a new tier where you got guys who are like, this is for deep leagues where you kind of need at bats and you know what you're getting. And what you're getting isn't necessarily that good. <laughs> so that's where we are. And that sort of like Azuna is a, he is, he's typical. He's a, he, he is the example for that. Like he is like, you know what you're getting and it's not so good. That's it. Like if you, if you need that in a deep, and in deep leagues, sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need a guy who you're like, I had I took a risky pick with my fourth outfielder, and I don't know what I'm going to get. And I I need a fifth outfielder who's actually going to play. Zuna can stay on the field. He probably will like DH at least I don't know 130 games. You know, like I, I would give him a I think I have him down for like I think 130 games ish. So 130 games, it's like 24 homers. No speed, two thirty maybe. Like it's not, it's not exciting. But in deep league, sometimes you yeah. need that. No, you're right. It's true. I uh, just, you know, obviously uh, trending in the wrong direction. And if he's going to play in the field, uh, I don't know that the at bat. I feel as, as good about the playing time uh, as I did just him DHing. But moving on to number eighty six is Mark Conha. Last year he had thirteen home runs, three stolen bases, seventy one, sixty one, and two sixty six. You have him projected for 14 home runs, three stolen bases, 64, 56, and 253. At 34 years old, uh, I think he's about average for the Mets starting lineup right now. <laughs> yeah, he's on. The, he's the he's the young guy in the Mets lineup. Um, if you include a, the yeah. rotation, I guess. Uh, yeah, I like. Uh, I actually I like him for again. This is for deep league, so don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying he's a great play in a, a 12-team mixed league, but in a deep league, I you know I tend to like find like these guys sort of like comforting <laughs> in a way because I go a little bit more upsidey with other picks, and you know I need a a Kenha uh, like later because like 
I don't expect much, but I could get like 13 to 15 homers, five steals, and a 255 average. And, you know, that's not bad for an everyday guy in like an NL only league or even like even like a 15 team mixed league as like your fifth outfielder. It's not great. Like, don't get me wrong, but you could probably do worse. Yeah, uh, I don't know much, but I, I know I don't love Mark Conha for most leagues. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, in, as you start to get deeper and deeper, which is where we're at, we're not in 12-team league format anymore. Uh, you, you sometimes just need these guys. B-Don is, B is, uh, is the the missing uh, Neville brother. <laughs> I think it's. I think, I it's think that's Neville. right. I think, I think that's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I. I think I called that. That's like a. That's a, a Rudy joke. I. I Rudy would. Rudy oh, Rudy would be just losing it right now. He, he'd be rolling on the floor. Uh, we covered the next yeah. uh, seven or eight guys, so I'll just run them off. Uh, Eighty-seven is Eric Haas. Gavin Lux at 88, 89, Luis Ringifo, 90, Nick Gordon, 91, Chris Taylor, 92, Harold Ramirez. 93, Enrique Hernandez, 94, Jerickson Profar, and 95 is Michael A. Taylor. Last year, he had nine home runs, four stolen bases, 49, 43, and 254. You have projected for 10 home runs, eight stolen bases, 54, 51, 248. Um, I mean, he can steal some bases on the I.L., Gray. Yeah, just uh, one note about Profar. He's still a free agent. I probably should take him out of the uh, the rankings soon, but I am kind of shocked he hasn't signed somewhere. Like he he wasn't bad last year, and there's some teams that could use him. Uh, by the time people listen to this, maybe he has signed somewhere. But I'm uh, by the time, but as of the taping of this, he hasn't, which is kind of surprising to be honest. Like I thought, like he feels like I mean, how much worse is like he than to like I don't know Enrique Hernandez like. Jerickson Profar or Enrique Hernandez, Harold Ramirez, like they all kind of feel similar. Um, anyway, with that aside, uh, Michael A. Taylor, uh, yeah, I mean, this is now like these are still like guys who have everyday at bats where you're like, why is he playing so much? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's basically this tier. This tier, I'm. This tier is a lot of guys where you're like, yeah, um, I don't know why he's playing, but he probably shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you mentioned. I think you mentioned Gavin Lux too. He's a. He's been removed from the yeah. rankings, by the way. Um, yeah. So anyway, Michael A. Taylor. Uh, yeah, I mean, what? There's like nothing really. Like he. He is like he's kind of surprising in one way. That, like, Mike, uh, uh, surprising in the fact that he keeps finding playing time. No, surprising in the fact that, like, he is not really awful <laughs> as much as people think. Like, like he, like, last year, like, he had a 24% strikeout rate and he hit 254. That's better than like the league average was like two forty five. Like he wasn't really that bad, Michael A. Taylor last year. Like he actually cut his strikeouts and he was okay. But yeah, he's not great. And uh, you know, honestly, with the Twins lineup, you know, this is real deep. Uh, this is real deep in the rankings, and you have to have like you probably 
even in a 15 team mixed league, like you have to maybe like be a a bit of a hater on like, uh, you know, this is like Nick Gordon was in, I think, injured himself. So this is like Michael A. Taylor is going to get like 375 to 425 at bats. In in a in a variety of places, like maybe a, maybe out an outfield slot, maybe a DH, maybe pinch hitting, like he maybe pinch running, like he's not he's not necessarily gonna be like a everyday player, but at the end of the day, he probably is gonna be worth you know roughly like this point in the draft, like surprisingly like. On the player radar last year, he was the 350th overall player. That's about where I have him ranked for this year, too. Like, it doesn't make total sense that Michael A. Taylor is a top 400 player, but he kind of is. Like, it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's not great, though. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I appreciate you really selling the 95th player harder than you did the 52nd player. I I do appreciate that from you, Gray. Um, I am surprised Profar didn't sign. I mean, he feels like somebody that like would fit in right in with, with the white Sox and the red Sox. Like we talked about earlier, just, you know, kind of a contact, take your walk. Don't strike out guy. Um, But I, I I am surprised he's still a free agent. Uh, Number 96 is Randall Gritchick. Last year he had 19 home runs, four stolen bases, 60, 73, and hit 259. You're projected for 19 home runs, three stolen bases, 58, 71, 262. Uh, he had hernia surgery, so he's going to miss the start of the season. But I, I don't think he's a terrible person to IL if you're just like looking around to IL somebody, and like he's sitting there on free agency. No, no, totally. I actually I drafted Greechek. Uh, I'll uh, I'll cop to it. I drafted Greechek in one league where it was uh I believe it was Draft Champions League where I drafted him cuz it was like super late. It was like maybe 350 400 overall. I don't know exactly where it was. Maybe it was maybe it was 320. Wherever it was, it was late and I wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> no, it was late in the draft and he was like, you know, at the end of the day, like in a league where you can like if you can platoon him in when he's in cores and platoon him out when he's not, which is the one good thing with NFBC, it's like on on Friday you can change your uh, hitters out. So if he gets like a weekend, you know, a win jaunt to cores, <laughs> put him in the lineup. He's coming back. He'll be back by mid-April. So I don't I don't actually mind Grichek in a super deep league if you have the resources with like a deep bench or something. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and I, I will say he's on his last year of his contract as well. So another guy that could potentially be leaving Colorado. But I mean, we kind of already seen him outside of Colorado. We know it's it's pretty much just the average is going to drop out a little bit. He'll be you know probably closer to a two thirty two forty hitter. Rather than a 260 like he was last season, and that's that's pretty much the only difference. Moving on to number 97 is Avisel Garcia. Last year he had eight home runs, four stolen bases, 31, 35, and hit 224. Yeah, I'm projected for 16 home runs, four stolen bases, 51, 55, and 229. I mean, it's it's another one like it's another playing time one, and 
I mean, he's he just gets playing time somehow every year, year after year. Yeah, no, definitely. He gets uh, and if uh, is Prince Fielder's wife, I believe <laughs> she's she gives him she gives him a lot of play. Um, yeah, I you know Avisel Garcia is like he usually. Like he kind of is actually very similar to Jorge Solar in some mm-hmm. ways, even and they're like right next to each other in in the order, or or close to each other in the order. Um, Abasil Garcia, if he can stay on the field, he's healthy. Like I would throw out his last year was awful, but he was also injured for a lot of it. So I would I would say it doesn't really apply to like what he's going to do going forward. I think he could like if he stays on the field, he could potentially hit. 22 to 25 homers and 240. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not amazing, but in a deep league, if he's healthy in like a 15 team mixed league or deeper, I don't know. You can, you can do worse. I mean, he's not like, he doesn't have any upside. I think Jorge Solar has much more upside, which is why he was ranked way before. But Avisil Garcia is like, you know, a safe bet if he's on the field for, Okay, stats decent. Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about like a thirty home run, forty home run bounce back like we would be with Solaire. Like Avisel Garcia, even with bouncy ball, wasn't a thirty home run guy. But you're right; he can he can get back into the low twenties, mid twenties, and an average that doesn't absolutely kill you potentially. Um, Marlins Park isn't exactly ideal for power, so I would I would expect kind of the under on home runs. But last year's also a wash, as you mentioned. Just there's so many things kind of kept popping up. It's hard to really take those numbers for a whole lot. Number 98 is Adam Duvall. Last year he had 12 home runs, 39, 36, and hit 213. You have projected for 18 home runs, one stolen base, 49, 59, and 217. Uh, another guy that is just, though he is one of those last uh, power potential guys, and I would say more than more than Avisel Garcia probably, just if we're talking raw power, he's had that, you know, multiple 30 home run seasons. So just wondering if he can get back and, and find that, swing somehow really yeah maybe i mean if he's like a if he's he's having like a a zombino type year then yeah i mean potentially i mean i could see him doing like you know having like a 20 homers like by the break and just falling off being awful in the second half or something like he could have like he could have a couple months where he's really good I don't really see much from him uh, other than like a potential, like, you know, just a bounce back Zambino type year. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like his, you know, the one good thing I will say with him is, you know, he's a righty and he's going to be in Fenway for his home game. So if he can hit balls off the wall for like, you know, maybe he has a, a better, average than he's had for like the last couple of years like maybe he sneaks into like a 230 average and hits like i don't know maybe 25 homers it, i mean it could it could i could see it happening i i wouldn't put money on it but you know it, it wouldn't like completely shock me i guess if he has a bounce back year but i don't think it's going to be a full season like he's just he's too old at this point so unless like if even if he has like a good couple months, 
it's just going to be a good couple months, I would think. But I mean, you know, it's like these are rolls of the dice for power super late. Yeah, I, I, it sounds like I like Duvall a little bit more than you do. And it is, part, you know, maybe almost entirely because he landed in Boston and he can just hit balls either into or over the wall. Uh, he has that power still. So I, I think there's some some sneaky home run upside here and even potentially some average upside just because. I guess I shouldn't say average upside, average upside for him um, just because of the wall being there and him, him being able to take advantage of that. Um, but that's, that's pretty much it. Number 99 is Max Kepler, nine home runs last year, three stolen bases, 54, 43, 227. You're projected for 19 home runs, five stolen bases, 56, 59, 235. I mean, kind of the same story with Kepler, right? We're just kind of hoping things kind of click back in place and he, he kind of finds his power stroke again and stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, also I think there's a, a small narrative that's uh, bouncing around that the, sh- the, the shift being gone could help him on average. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm probably lower on Kepler than most. Like, I, he actually... He got drafted in my uh, 12-team mixed league uh, labor draft. Uh, he went in the free rounds, so you know no one paid for him. But he did get drafted. Where a lot of the guys, like for the last you know 15 to 20 outfielders, a lot of them weren't even drafted. So Kepler is you know more interesting to at least one other person. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't have drafted him in a 12-team mixed league, but you know someone did. I I don't really see much there. I mean, maybe the middle of the order helps with the counting stats. I I think you got to platoon him out. Like, I don't think you keep him in the lineup uh, necessarily versus lefties, which, you know, I mean, that's fine, I guess. But uh, he's not really good. I mean, he's not good versus lefties. He might play versus them, but you on your fantasy team should not let him play. Uh, I don't think... I don't know. I mean, you know, projections are saying a huge bounce back for just about all his stats. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not really a big Kepler uh, guy. Like, I'm not – he's not a guy I draft. So, I, I mean, you know, that take that take it with a grain of salt. I'm not in on Kepler, but some people are. Yeah, I'm, I'm more in your camp. I mean, I think the upside is like 20 home runs and a handful of stolen bases with uh, – pretty not great average still like 250 is is like the upside for the average so i'm not a big kepler guy either he does go a little bit ahead of this because he does sit or at least he's projected right now to sit in the middle of the order but like the guys behind him could easily start moving up above him if he doesn't get his act together like miranda could go above him gallo could go above him he just gets his power swing back uh, Kirilov could go above him if he stays healthy. Like any of these guys could start moving above Kepler, which all of a sudden means he's a seven through nine hitter, and the counting stats we thought we were getting aren't even there from him. So uh, I, I'm kind of out on him as well. Moving on to number 100 is Michael Brantley. Uh, last year he had five home runs, one stolen base, 28 26, and hit 288. You have him projected for seven home runs, one stolen base, 63 51, and 280. Gray. Uh, I mean, Brantley is, he, he's the type of hitter that they want. And so they, they brought him back for whatever games that he can give them. Yeah, no, he's like, the he is the type of guy that like, 
he is going to be more valuable than you think, but also uh, not really startable <laughs> <laughs> in most in most leagues yeah. outside of like super deep leagues. Like you're going to get uh, solid. You're going to get like a uh, a two seventy five, two eighty average with like eight homers, two steals, and like. 70 runs which sounds like awful but in reality like at the end of the day he's probably going to end up higher on the player raider than a lot of guys we've talked about uh in the like the last like 20 minutes but trying to roster brantley i mean good yeah, that's if he stays left. on the field <laughs> that's that's the other concern yeah. at 36 yeah, years old right yeah oh totally yeah no this is assuming health, which, you know, I wouldn't assume either. But, I mean, I even with health, I wouldn't like, – he's not the kind of guy I roster. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, roster him on any of my teams. But sitting between Altuve and Bregman and Jordan Alvarez, you can find worse places to sit in a lineup, you know. Like, he could, he could get 70 runs in 120 games. Like, he could be valuable, just not – at all interesting for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, he could probably score like 40 runs just with, with just walks uh, if he just stays healthy. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he stays healthy, so it's not a guy I tend to have. Uh, but you're right. On a per-game basis, he's probably fine, and if he stays healthy, he's he's probably producing um, kind of him and like the A.J. Pollock like per-game type of type of thing, and it's just wait. This is actually – so this is this is like blow your mind – how okay so i'll tell you this so he's been playing since 2009 his career since 2009 and he has a 298 uh career batting average almost 300 batting average guess how many hits he has um <laughs> uh, he has so he's been playing he has he has so little playing time <laughs> from 2009 <laughs> so like so a good hitter 13, like he's bad he'd get like 13 years, a 300 average, 13 years, and he only has 1,600 hits. <laughs> I mean, geez, that's like man. that's like eight. What's that's that? like eight or nine seasons. I, Wade Boggs did that in three years, bro. <laughs> like what? How do you only have 1,600 hits? I was looking at his career average, and I was like, wait a minute. Is Michael Brantley like a uh, a sneaky Hall of Famer? And then I saw his career stats. I'm like, wow, man, he's he's barely been <laughs> on the field. <laughs> Dude is never on the field. 13 years, and he only has 1,400 games. Um, anyway, there's Michael Brantley. <laughs> yeah, and that takes us to number 100, Gray. Um, you know, he's... Uh, Let's just let's just grab a few as we're going. I mean, we're at 100. We've already said we're kind of out of the 10, 12 team mixed league. Maybe there's some upside guys that we're going to talk about that if you want to take the shot on here, you know, we're going to get to them. But let's just pick a few out from the rest. I mean, you've got like 40 more guys ranked. We're definitely not going to go through 45 more outfielders at this point. Uh, let's just pick a few. Yeah, no. So there's actually for deeper leagues, there's a ton of guys who I'm still like completely interested in. But just for uh, for time's sake, I'm just going to I'm just going to rattle off a few. So there's like Kyle Stowers, who I've already drafted before. 
uh, Oreos guy. Uh, he's got, you know, he doesn't have a lot of speed, struggled a bit with uh, strikeouts, but his power floor looks relatively high. Like, even in, like, maybe 300 at-bats, he could potentially hit 17 homers. So I like him a lot in, like, a deep league. Um, then there's, like, a, another guy who's getting a lot of uh, looks, actually, in the outfield for the White Sox, uh, Oscar Colas, who should be – I mean, he actually – I could see him breaking camp and, like, in the last week of the season, me re-ranking Colas to, like – uh, in in the area of like the uh, you know the the upside guys who we went over earlier like the Jose series of the world like I could see Oscar Colas moving up like thirty spots in my rankings because like he and he's getting he's getting paid already because he's an international free agent so it doesn't really make sense for them to send him down and he's older so I could see Colas potentially being a starting outfielder for the White Sox. And, like, you know, because, like, Lori uh, Garcia is like, eh, like, there's there's a spot for Colas. Um, he's not, like, going to be – I mean, I think he's kind of, like, low upside. Like, I don't think he's necessarily going to be, like, shock the world and be, like, a top 20 outfielder. But he could potentially be like, you know, maybe 15 to 20 homers, three to seven steals, um, 240-ish average, say. Okay, so then there's also like going super, super late. (laughs) A lot of people are uh, looking at like uh, for steals. So there's Bubba Thompson. So he's crazy late. And then there's one other guy. Sal Frelick, who I don't, I don't know. Like I've said before, the Brewers have like 1.8 million outfielders. They have so many outfielders. Even with Tyrone Taylor injured, they have a ton of outfielders. But Frelick, Sal Frelick, could potentially get in to playing time for the Brewers and as like a super late NL only play, or even in like a draft champions. I could see a free like he's could be really good like in like maybe a half a season like if he comes up in June July three months of him it could be really interesting uh, you know a few guys actually guys who I haven't even uh, ranked who I'm looking at like crazy late in super deep leagues uh, Will Brennan. Uh, I don't think I ranked him and he looks really kind of interesting because. As we know, Miles Straw, no pun intended, sucks. <laughs> Straw sucks. <laughs> He's not good. I think the Guardians potentially could move on to Will Brennan. And, you know, in a deep AL only league, you're going to get a Brennan for like free uh, or a dollar at worst. And he could potentially be interesting. So, yeah, those are so there's some guys like super late. Nice, yeah. Uh, a few a few names for me, real quick. Uh, Estuary Ruiz, just loud skills, lots of power, lots of speed. Well, not a lot of power, but he has some power. Lots of speed, though, if he gets a, sh- a chance. Uh, Jake Fraley in sixty eight games last year, he went twelve four two sixty for the Reds. It looks like he could potentially be at the top of the order for the Reds. So there's some potential runs there, and he's going pretty late as well. Um, you already mentioned Colas, Drew Waters, former Braves prospect, traded to Kansas City. When he went to Kansas City, he went from being a 246 hitter with the Braves in 50 games to being a 300 hitter in 31 games 
for the Royals and AAA. So maybe the the Royals found something in Drew Waters. I'm, I'm willing to take that opportunity if we get down this late. Uh, Tommy Pham, Eddie Rosario, a couple names you know that just kind of Tommy Pham is what he is. Eddie Rosario dealt with some kind of eye issue last year in his cataract here or something, something in his eye. He got it fixed, and he's saying that he, like it's it's obviously a whole lot easier when you can see Brent Snittiger says it's like having a different guy. So um, I'm interested there. Joey Gallo, we already mentioned the lack of power as we get late. Like Joey Gallo, we know can hit 35, 45 home runs. If he could just hit the ball occasionally, that would be awesome. Um, uh, you mentioned, go ahead. Oh. oh, there was one thing. Alec Thompson, uh, the Diamondbacks guy, he's having a great spring. <laughs> By the time, People listen to this. He may have gone 0 for 12 and no longer be having be a great down, spring. Yeah. But yeah, he could have been. He might have been sent down. He may no longer be in the camp. I don't know. Uh, but Alec Thompson. Um, also, I saw someone on another site call him a uh, Lilliputian, um, and he's 5'11". So I take that. <laughs> I take that as an insult. How dare you say Alec Thompson is is tiny as five eleven guy? I, I, are you kidding me, bro? You want to see little? Look at me, bro. All right, two last names for me, Gray, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Jesus Sanchez. I mean, he has a ton of power. He's been kind of injured for the last season, season and a half. Possibility that if he just find, like could stay healthy, there is real power there, and uh, like. The guy who I just can't ever give up on, who's also only like 22 years old or, or something, uh, Joe Adele. Uh, Joe Adele, every spring he, he hits well. Every spring I, I get excited that he's going to start playing. Uh, and every spring I'm I'm ultimately disappointed when he doesn't play well. But, I, you know, there's it, once it clicks for him, there's, there's still the power speed. Um, you know, if you're just looking for a, a random shot in the dark late in a late draft, there's always Joe Adele. All right, Gray, we have gone through a lot of outfielders, uh, over 100. So there you go. If you have any questions after that, feel free to find us on Twitter. I am at RazBeatOn. Gray runs the at RazBall account. Watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Fantasy. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, that all helps us. Thank you very much. And until uh, we talk next week, Gray, we're on to our pitchers finally. We're out of the positions. Yay! Woo! See you, man. <laughs> Late.